the big book of and we're studying the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. This week's chapter step is eight, and our speaker tonight is Tim C. Thank you, Tim. It's all yours. So, so I'm supposed to share on step eight. Excellent. Okay. Um, just so I make sure I get it right, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Hi, I'm Tim, compulsive overeater. Um, just to kind of get uh, clarify, um, I've been back from relapse, uh, 14 years of abstinence and 110 pound weight loss. Um, uh, let's see if I can share some pictures. Oh, they did, they popped up. Okay, here we go. This was um, like, I think maybe about right before I, ca I came back. Um, and then one other one I will do right now. Uh, I think this was probably at my biggest. I came in probably a couple months after that, after my daughter was born. Um, I think, you know, a lot of times I like to take credit for it, but I think, I think life really kind of was like, it, it really got real at that point. And I had, I knew I, had a, I would have a problem with functioning in this world uh, um, and being a good father if I was still, if I was still eating food and I knew where the solution was. Um, I, I guess I'll, since eight is kind of, kind of quick, um, I will go in and I, I grew up in the Midwest. I did not grow up a heavy child. I grew up on a big, a big piece of property that wasn't a working farm, but there was just lots of chores to do all day long. Um, and if there wasn't enough chores to do, my father had a company that we had to work. So, so Monday through Friday was school and chores. And then Saturday, it was um, going to work for my father and, uh, you know, cleaning his offices. And I hated, I hated my childhood. <laughs> I mean, I hated my childhood. And I remember I was about, about nine years old. And I said to my dad, I said, dad, I don't, this isn't fair. I was like, you know, we live out on this farm. Everybody else lives in a subdivision. We had to ride a bus. We had to ride a bus an hour to and from school. I hated that too. I just, I was a very just contrary kid. And I went and I went to my dad and I said, dad, I, I don't, I don't like this. I don't think it's fair. I, I want, I want a different life. That's basically what I said to him. And he, you know, he really was very, he was like, I hear you. He goes, I, I didn't like my childhood either. <laughs> <laughs> he says, but this is what it is. He really just kind of said, that's what it is. And, you know, I think at that part, that was kind of the first time where I started sneaking things. That's when I started lying. And I started, I, I told you what I wanted. I, I told you what I wanted and you did not give it to me. I mean, that's, now that's another way to look at it. You know, uh, I'm not saying my parents and, and my, the way I grew up, it was perfect, but they were good, loving parents. They, they, they gave us every opportunity. They, to, you know, to, to a great education, a great moral compass, a wonderful work ethic, um, loving parents, not, they didn't always show that the best way possible, but they were loving, very, very loving parents. And I told them what I wanted and they didn't give it to me. And, and so I started to lie and cheat and steal and do whatever I wanted to do because I felt that what I wanted was the right way of do, way, the right, what I wanted was the right thing. And so um, it wasn't long after that, that I had my first 
where I changed my perception of reality with food. I, I had just had this long bus ride home from school. And um, I, if I remember right, it was a, a girl did not like me. I was probably in the sixth or seventh grade. A girl didn't like me. I was starting to get interested in girls. Girl didn't like me. I liked her. And I don't know. Nobody, nobody taught me this, but I got home from, uh, from school. I was starving. I do remember that I was always hungry. We always had food, but I was always hungry. And I, and I got the, the bread out and I got the toaster out and I got the butter out. And as fast as that assembly line could just go through the, it would, the butter would turn to toast or the bread would turn to toast the butter and I could do it. I could eat it as fast as I could, as fast as it could come off that assembly line. I ended up eating a whole loaf of bread. Now I didn't intend to start off on that. I didn't, it just, it just happened. And something happened during that process where all of a sudden, when I was worried about the girl, all of a sudden it, that went away. It didn't matter anymore. It totally changed my perception of reality. And so that, you know, that, that's funny because it doesn't happen to everybody like that. They can't eat a loaf of bread and go from uh, uh, being feeling rejected to feeling okay. And, but that's what food did for me. And so, um, again, I didn't have any, I didn't have any blow up. I didn't get really big. I was either playing sports or working on the farm. Now, when I moved, awesome. when we moved, what's that? That's five minutes. Thank you. Five minutes. So, um, so then after, after I moved, this was the first time I became aware that I ate differently. We moved from the farm to the city, much like Beverly Hillbillies. I'm, I know I'm dating myself. There's some young people here that don't know that reference, but I, we did that. And they did not eat like we ate. They did not eat. They, these city folks did not eat like the farm people ate. And I need to fit in. Now, one of the things that I've rebelled against all my life is fitting into a group, especially Overeaters Anonymous. That took me a long time to become part of. Um, but I need to be part of a group. And, you know, they weren't eating like me. And so what did I, what, what, what were they doing in high school? They were drinking and doing drugs. So I'm like, I, hey, that's allowed. In my family, we're, they, they were, the, the beer is there. Go drink as much beer as you want. You know, all and that was fine. No problem. And And so... I started drinking and I loved the effect produced by alcohol. I loved it. I loved it. And for about from the time I was 13 or 14 years old till the time I was 29, it was a great weight management thing because it did exactly for me what food did for me. It changed my perception of reality. It made me feel okay to be who I was in this world. Exactly what food did for me. And, and I only gained probably about 30 pounds. I was only ever about 30 to 50 pounds overweight. But something happened when I was 29, a miracle in my life where just like the heavy drinker that they talk about in the big book, they talk about for reasons otherwise that, that, that you know, the hard drinker could put it down. It, my alcohol was removed from me. One day I was a drinker. The next day, it, it never it appealed to me after that day. Since that day, and that's probably been 24, 25 years ago, I've wanted to drink one time. The, the thought of, of, of having a drink has entered my mind one time. But something did when 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 the alcohol went away, all of a sudden food came in, food came in and I had no way of dealing with life on life's term. And I started eating and I could not stop. So somewhere in my late 20s is where I believe in the way I understand the big book where I crossed over that line where it was no longer a, a, a option. It was a necessity. I was eating more and more in larger and larger quantities. And in and, and, and the period of time where I was able to stay away from it was getting less and less. So my weight was going up 
And then I would exercise it down. Now, my pattern was this. If I wanted a new, I needed, I needed to be thin to get a new job. I needed to be thin to get a new girl, right? So those two things would drive me. And all of a sudden I would, I would come into a relationship thin and I would leave fat. And then I would have to lose the weight to get another girl. And then I would come in. But now that, now that, by the way, this is, it's going upwards. It's not ever going back down to the original level. It's going upwards. It's going, it's no longer, you know, 180 to 220 and then back to 200. Now it's at 250 or 260. And so I lose all, I get, I'm losing the weight. I'm gaining the weight. I'm losing the weight. I'm gaining the weight. I'm going back and forth in it, but it's, but it is going up. And I, I did all sorts. I did marathons. I did the Ironman triathlon. And I finally pulled a geographic and moved from the Midwest all the way out to California. And again, I wasn't aware of this. I was aware of none of this. You know, I, I just knew I, there was something I knew that if I stopped, I knew food was coming back. And so, um, I moved out to California. I, 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 as I was, as I was training for what turned out to be my last marathon up to this point, um, I, I was talking to a guy I, met, I had met and he's like, uh, I was like, man, I can't stop eating. I'm, I'm skipping, I'm skipping training stuff. And he goes, oh yeah, you're just like me. Now he's six foot two and 180, 190 pounds. And I'm, I'm five foot eight and I'm on my way back up to 250. And, uh, and he shows me this picture and he's, he's on a mountain bike at 300 pounds. And he goes, I couldn't, that, that was the best I could do without Overeaters Anonymous. And I'm like, I'm like, I, you know, my, my, now <laughs> here's the, here's the, the total lack of humility. My, my godfather, um, he, he's an Alcoholics Anonymous. So of course I know everything about the 12 steps, you know, and I knew everything about the 12 steps without ever opening the door. Right. I, I, I just needed the food program. And uh, again, he's like, I couldn't, I couldn't stick to a food program without a spiritual awakening. So I'm like, you know, I don't need that. So I went off and I ran the marathon and the night before the marathon, I, uh, you know, I ended up eating a large pizza. Didn't intend to, I ended up, I intended to eat a piece or two pieces, you know, just to be ready for the race tomorrow. And I ended up eating the whole thing. It did not turn out well. Um, so I was really humiliated. Um, I, I, you know, shame is a big driver for me. It still is. I, I, you know, my expectations of myself are a big driver for me, both, both in positive ways, but also in some very negative ways. My character defects are really driven by shame. And so, um, but it got my attention in, in the perfect in the Chicago airport. I, what do you call it? I bought, I bought my first diet book. And I flew back to LA and I am getting ready for my first Monday morning. And by Monday at lunchtime, I'm eating foods uncontrollably. I could not stop. I could not stick to a very simple diet. And I called that guy and I said, Hey, I, I, I can't stop eating. And he goes, well, let's go to a meeting. And, and he took me right to my first meeting. And I did not like the meeting. I did not, I didn't like it. There was about, um, I, I think there was maybe five or six people um, I didn't really relate. There was only him and, and the rest were women. And I couldn't identify with that. But, you know, one of the things they, they, they all afterwards, we all went for coffee and we just talked. And, and that's when I kind of was like, oh, my God, I'm like, that's exactly what I do with food. And it, what was going on in the meetings, I couldn't identify with, but I could definitely identify when we were drinking coffee. And so I started coming back and I quickly got absent and, and I lost the weight that I put on and everything was going really well. 
But you know what? And I did the steps. I did all the way through step nine. What do you call it? Made my amends. Everything was going really well for about a year, year and a half. And, and I was just listening to a speaker today. It's human nature. It's human nature to let off the gas and to think that, oh, I've got this. I'm okay now. And I slowly started drifting away. Not enough meetings. Because what do you do with a sponsor once you're in 10, 11, and 12? There's no directions. There's no, what do you call it? I mean, you know, I'm, I'm on my own. And once I'm on my own, I go back to selfish Tim. And, and sure enough, uh, um, it only took me, I, I remember taking a year candle, but I definitely didn't take a two-year candle. And I, I remember the day that I took the bites. I could still, I could still, I'm there. I could put myself right there. And what I told myself, it's going to be one donut and it's going to be one day. It's going to be one donut and I'll just, I'll stop after one donut. I'll, I'll firmly break my abstinence. And then I will come back and tell you that I've broken my abstinence. Well, I took the one donut and then that first lie went away and I ate all the donuts. I ate every donut that was available that day. And the next morning when I woke up, I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready to go back in and, and humble myself again. I wasn't ready to say, I think I've made a mistake. Please help me. And now my ego kept me out for five years. For five years, and I had to gain like 100 and 100, about 15 pounds before I was willing to come back. You know, and you, as you see, I had a young daughter. Every, I mean, everything on the outside of my life except for my weight. Now, maybe not my relationships. I mean, let me what he got. Probably not my, my, my wife might, might, might say, might tell my story differently than me. But as far as what I'm, what I was concerned with at the time, which was my bank account. And my career, they were going pretty well. You know, I, I was doing pretty well. And, 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 and if you looked at me from across, except for the, the 100 extra pounds, I've got the wife, I've got the kid, I've got the car, I've got the bag, I've got the career, everything's going great. I, I work in a great, a very famous business that people always ask you about. Oh my God, what do you do? I mean, yeah. You know, I love that. I love to be that tension, even though it's not for me. It's for, what do you know this person? All that. I love that stuff. And so I, what he called um, I couldn't stop eating for five years. And when, when I came back, I was, I was really beaten. I was really beaten. And I, and I, I didn't understand it at the time, but I was like, just tell me what to do. I can't stop eating. Please tell me what to do. And, and, and I got a sponsor right away, did the steps again, very similar to the first time through, you know, I, I just followed directions. But one of the things when I, when I got through the steps, you know, uh, the, the, what really, and I'll get to eight, I promise, uh, um, um, was for me, and I'll, I'll just go with eight right now, made a list of all persons we had harmed. We came along. I have not completed my, my eighth or ninth step. I have, there are people that I still have cards for my three by five cards, right? My, I've got three by five cards like this, right? That have, a, that have the people's names and the, and the harm that I've done. There's a lot of kids from grade school because as, as if I, when I remember, t well, I told you guys, I didn't grow up a heavy kids. I, I made fun of fat kids. I did. I, I was the bully. I was the bully in grade school. And there are still kids that I can, I found some of them. I found some, but not all. And so I, my job is to be ready whenever I meet them, whenever they are brought into my life to make that amends and make that make that uh, uh, amends to them for 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 what I said and the harm that, that I've done them. And um, there are other bosses where I've just I just if I didn't get what I want, just like with my father, if I didn't get what I want, I just walked off the job. 
you know, and so I've got amends to old bosses that I that I have to make. So that list is it's still nine and eight and nine for me are still in process. I have not done all my amends, but I stand ready to to make those amends when presented to me. Um, That's 15. Oh, perfect. Thank you. Um, and so maybe that will happen in my 17th year, or my 20th year. I don't know when that will be presented, but that but but that's what I've been I've been asked by my sponsor to say, you're ready. You're ready for these amends. Your, your job is to, when they are, when they are brought into your life, you've done the, you've done your search. When, but when they are brought into your life, then, then you're to make those amends. So your job is to wait right now. And so that's, I'm, you know, I'm ready to do that. And so, um, that's my only real, I've had experiences of recently, um, uh, of, of, Things coming up for me. Uh, I was. It was about seven, six or seven months ago. I was. Um, and God, this is even an abstinence, so it's really embarrassing. Um, I was jogging by this uh, car wreck place, and I remember when I was maybe two or three years abstinence, my car was stolen, and and he he, he wrecked the car. But there was damage that was previous that was that was not done during the wreck. Well, of course, I did not tell the insurance company that that uh, that, that that damage was not done during the wreck, so they fixed it all. And as I'm driving by, I'm like, or as I'm as I'm jogging by, I'm like, oh my god, I defrauded that insurance company. So I I, I was like, I gotta I gotta make that right now. Now again, it's so funny. That's something that I could easily do at year two or three. <laughs> And at year 14, it's like, shit. I'm like, if I would have, if I would have known I had to go make an amends to those people, I wouldn't have done it. I thought I got away with it 10 years ago, but that's not the way it worked out this time. So, um, so under sponsored directions, I followed directions and made the amends. And, um, you know, that's not pretty to say that you were, you were abstinent and work in a program and you're lying and defrauding your insurance, your own insurance company. <laughs> Oh, I'm sick. Uh, so for me, where I currently live with the steps, it, it is. So I want to share one more picture. And this is for me, the greater aspect of my disease. And I think the biggest thing that I kind of missed, um, what do you call it? Um, the first time through the program of Overeaters Anonymous. And I'm sure that it was said, but for me, 10, 11, and 12 is something I, I, it's, it's my belief and let's just be very clear. This is, this is my belief in the way I currently hear the message of, of recovery is the first nine steps are, are all they're there to do is to get me ready to, to live in 10, 11 and 12, to do the work in 10, 11 and 12. And I did not really hear the, now again, I'm sure it was said, but I did not hear the urgency. And I do mean urgency of 10, 11, and 12, continuing, seeking, and carrying. And 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 where where I really try to live my life is, is I want to continue to keep that channel to God clean. I want to continue. And that so so that 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 example of, of me going and looking at that insurance company, that was a little piece that uh, that popped off the wall. You know, if I'm looking at a at a channel and a hollow channel, it's it's there's a piece of plaque on there's still plaque on the wall. You know, there's still there's some still some stuff, and it just kind of it just kind of bent out. And I was like, uh oh, I, it's it's blocking the flow. It's and if 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 I, if I were to continue down that path, I think it would have blocked the flow. 
It would have blocked more and more and more and more things would have collected on that thing. Had I cleaned it up, followed directions. I told my sponsor exactly what I had done. He gave me directions on exactly what to do. I followed directions. And now that thing just cut loose and went on down the road. So I continue to set it right to keep that channel. And now I seek a higher power. I, I seek that higher power, which for me, is really in the 11th step. It's like, oh, I start, I end my day with an inventory, which I will go through at the end of the day. I will inventory my day. My, I do my 11 step review. My 10th step, if I set, if something's like that phone call to my sponsor, what do I do? What do I do here? That's the 10th step right now, right? The 11th step is the nightly review. I review that at the end of the night. And then I begin my next day with a vision work with God. Because it, the way I read the book, I'm looking, I'm reading the book on page 86. For, it's We don't even get up off the couch for a page and a half. And this is all me thinking about God and thinking about my day and thinking about how can I be of service today to my fellow sufferers. It's not about me getting up. That's that. It doesn't come until the, page, the bottom of page 87 where I get up and go throughout the day and I pause when agitated draft. Everything up to that point is prayer and meditation. I love that fact. So me and God are, are visioning out the day. I'm going through and saying, here's my plan, God. But if you got something else, if you got some other job for me, please give me knowledge of it and power to carry it out. And so, so I try to, is that it? Is that my time? That's 20. Go ahead though. Oh, and, and I'm just going to finish it with 12. Really, for me, is my primary purpose in my life. It is to carry this message, not just to other compulsive overeaters, which is number one, but I love the, the chapter to the wives, because how do I take that principle into my marriage? Oh, to the family afterwards. How do I take these principles into my family afterwards? And then finally, to the employer. Oh, how do I take these principles? Because those are the three biggest things for me in my life, my relationship with my wife. My, my sponsees, my relationship with my wife, my, my relationship with my family and my relationship with my coworkers. That's pretty much it. That's, that's all. So thank you very much for being here and, and paying attention, listening. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thank I think, you oh, so there much. we go. Yeah. Thank you so much, Jim. That was wonderful. We will now open the meeting for questions or for three-minute shares, as this is a big book study. Sharing and questions should relate specifically to the chapter and step being studied this week. We ask you to accept this guideline in order to keep the meeting on track. If you'd like to share or ask a question, please raise your virtual hand, which is under reactions or star nine if you're on the phone. I will call the raised hand in order, and the Zoom host will ask you to unmute when it's your turn. With the timekeeper, please set a timer for three minutes for each share and announce when time is up. If the speaker is asked a question, please allow three minutes for the answer. Okay, and first up we have Chanel. Hi, thanks so much for taking the meeting, Stacey, and thank you everyone for your service. Let me make sure my timer's really running. Okay, so hi, I'm Chanel. I'm a grateful compulsive eater living in recovery today by the grace of God. And Tim, thank you. One of the things, I mean, there were several, but one of the things that really stood out for me was when you said alcohol and food, in my case, food, changed your perception of reality, changed your perception of reality. And that's what happens to me if I pick up any of those things, any of my alcoholic foods or ingredients. It changes my perception of reality it makes it so that i don't have to feel good or bad it makes it so that i'm 
in control, I think, even though I'm completely out of control. Uh, it makes it so that I don't have to think about whatever I don't want to think about because it's not just about feeling for me. It's also thinking. I don't want to think about certain things. I don't want to go there. So let me just, you know, <laughs> and it's only by having the spiritual component of this program. It's only by, like you said, I, I do like your opinion there of one through nine sets you up to live in 10, 11 and 12. Right. Like, and I do see it that way. I, it, it was, um, it was quite challenging for me when I was doing nine and I'm sure it is for most people, but I remember that like 10, 11 and 12 were coming and I was like, ah, it's all too fast. I can't do it. But, um, and eight became willing to make amends to them all. Right. Like there was someone I did not want to make amends to. I did not want to do it. And I put it off. Don't recommend that. But, I, <laughs> but I just kept praying for the willingness. Right. Anyway, I really appreciate you sharing tonight. There's many more things I could say in the interest of time. I'm just going to ask you, what is your favorite thing about living in 10, 11, and 12? Besides the food, what's your favorite thing? Thank you. Uh, you know, I get to actually enjoy life. I mean, there were some good times in my life, but I always kind of like, I, I liken myself to a, a toy behind behind the puzzle. I could never, you know, in, in the in the toy store and I couldn't get out of the plastic wrap. And it was like I just wanted so much to be part of this life. And and I fought being part of Overeaters Anonymous. I mean, my God, this is not the sexiest program. You know, it really it's just it, it's just not. And, and it's like, oh. There's no cachet when I go out and say I'm I'm just an overeater, you know. Mm -hmm. If I'm a druggie or whatever, yes, that's cool. But you know, and but I can actually enjoy and and be okay with being being who I am and actually and love it. it it's given me that. It's it's given me the, the ability to be okay with Tim. Thank you very much. Next up is Sarah. Hi, I'm Sarah. I'm a compulsive overeater. Thank you so much for the share. Um, I'm driving right now. So is it very loud to you guys? It's okay. Okay. All right. Perfect. Um, and then I don't know if I'm understanding correctly. Does my question have to be about step eight? Is that right? Um, it's supposed to relate to the chapter or the step we're on. Yes. Okay. Um, I'm not on step eight yet. I did have a question about whether or not it was difficult, Tim, for you to become abstinent or if that came easily to you, but maybe it's not an appropriate question. I'm not sure. I think it's fine. Okay. Thank you. Um, you know, abstinence was, was actually, uh, that's a really great question. And, and again, I'm probably not the best storyteller of my own story. Uh, I think the other people around me, uh, my wife might say he was a real ass when he was getting abstinent, right? He might, uh, you know, he might have been getting in fights with people. I don't know. For me, I, I was, I was just desperate. I, I, I had a six month old daughter and I was, I could not, I could always leave a wife. I could always leave a job. I, I was great at quitting shit and I knew I couldn't quit that. 
And, and, and I was not a well person. I really, I was a sick, sick person and just like a, like a wounded little animal is, I guess is the only way to explain it. So, and, and I, and I, there was something about, I knew food was at the center of it. And if, 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 in my thinking always brought me back to food, my best thinking always brought me back to food. So abstinence was both times in abstinence. Wasn't really hard. Uh, I didn't, I, I didn't mind, you know, uh, eating the foods. I, I love my foods. I still to this day love my foods. I don't eat like diet foods, cardboard foods. I love my foods. So it wasn't very hard to get those. I just don't eat pizza and stuff like that anymore. Great question though. Thank you. Next Thank up, you. Rachel, you're up. Hi everybody, Rachel, um, compulsive overeater restrictor. Hi Tim, thank you so much for your honesty. Um, I just, I loved listening to you. I wish I could listen to you for an hour. I just have one question. <clears throat> so I'm on day 21 of abstinence and 61 days in the rooms. Um, thank you too. <laughs> um, I quit everything too, so you really gave me a lot of hope. Um, my question is, did you make amends to yourself? Did you do it initially? And did you do it the second time? I know it came up yesterday in this meeting for step eight. And I'm just curious, because I know with OA, it's optional, but I think with other programs, it's not. So I'd love to hear that. I um, That's a really good question. And, um, you know, I did, I guess I didn't do a formal one, but I mean, uh, and I, you know, for me, I don't, uh, I don't use the word self-care a lot, but I do a lot of self-care. I really, I mean, I do a lot of meditation now. I do a lot of prayer. I do uh, a, like what would be, a, a, I love the exercise before, but it was all like goal oriented. I like to do it to just go out and get my mental, just to get all that stuff out of my head, just to go out. So the, what I would have to say to me, it is a living amends. I, I never, I never wrote a letter or said I was sorry for what I had done to myself. But the, how I eat and how I operate today, I, it is really a living amends to to myself. And 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 I still, I, I still am hard on myself. I, I am, I am pretty hard on myself. I, I don't think that's gonna. I, there's a lot of expectations, a lot of should ofs that I, I should, I should be much better than this. You know, uh, I should be doing it perfectly and, ah, you know, and, and that's still there. And I don't know if that ever goes away, maybe down the road. I, I don't know. Um, but uh, um, I, the, I would have to say that I do absolutely make living amends to myself. And I'll say it for the first time here in this meeting, self-care is, is, is something that I do. <laughs> and I would have, and I would have argued three years ago that I would never do that. <laughs> There's, I've, I've been wrong about so many things in this world. It's not even funny. I mean, I've had to flip flop. I've had to flip flop on everything. Everything I thought I was right about, I was wrong about. And, and, and that's, and that's, it's, it's okay. It really is. It's okay. So, sixty-one days. Congratulate being in twenty days of abstinence. Awesome. Good job. Great. Keep going. Thank you. Ian, you're up. There we go. <laughs> Hi, I'm Ian F. I'm a compulsive overeater. Um, Tim, thank you. I, <laughs> um, that was maybe the, the hardest to, uh, a description of, of what it's like in the food has ever hit me. That felt really real. 
I've done that assembly line many times with many different things. Um, so thank you for that. So much, <laughs> so much, so much good stuff in there. I think um, as far as step eight goes, though, like I, I always took it for granted how hard it is to become willing to do something. Like to me, I, I always thought of people have described step eight, but also step six and also step two is like, they're the wind up before the pitch, you know? And, and I was always like, okay, yeah. So I just do this for like an hour, maybe max. And then I go and do the important thing in baseball. If your wind up is wrong, <laughs> you will injure yourself. You will not throw a strike, you know, it's very much the same with the steps. And I, I gotta say like, Steps two, six, and eight are the hardest steps for me to do because I take them for granted so easily. Becoming willing to make amends. I have an amends to someone who is my best friend. And when I, after I made the amends, she did not talk to me ever again. And that was her right, and I don't blame her. But becoming willing to do that, like really sitting with your higher power and saying... I am a person now who's willing to do the right thing, even though I don't know it will result in an outcome that I want. That is tough stuff. You know, that's tough stuff. So when you said like, yeah, part of it is me being ready. I just, <laughs> so true. That's That's been my experience too. I love you guys. Thank you for being here. I'll pass. Thanks for sharing. We will now stop the recording for unrecorded questions or shares with the Zoom host. Please stop the recording.